Amen. How many of you can honestly say, I think sometime this year I have worried? Let me ask that again, because some of you got halos over your head. Not me, brother. All right, let me ask again. How many of you at least, at least once have had a good worry session? Okay. Of course, there's no good one, but I'm calling it that. It means a big one, a, a significant one. All right, then I'm talking to the right crowd, because I want to talk to you today about worry. And I'm just calling this, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Amen. And so I'm going to read Matthew 6, 25 through 34. I'm going to zip right through it. You know, I'm going to tell you something. I heard somebody say, it was a, somebody teaching preachers. And here's what they said. They said, now when you get up, read a couple of verses, but don't read too many. Insinuating that if you read too many verses, you're going to bore the people. I heard that and I go, and he's teaching preachers. Let me tell you what I would tell them. Get up and read a lot of verses. Because Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit in their life. It's kind of crazy out there. Anyway, let me read. This is the Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, for this reason, I say to you, don't be worried about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, nor for your body, what you will put on or wear. Is life not more than food? That's news to some of us. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky that they do not sow, reap, gather crops into barns, but your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you more important than them? And which of you by worrying can add a single day to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor. They don't spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then. Everybody say, do not worry. Anybody getting the hint that this is not a suggestion? This is not a, a, one of the 10, this is, listen, some people look at the Ten Commandments like the Ten Suggestions. They're not. They're commandments. This is in the command form. Do not worry. Okay? What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For the Gentiles, the lost people, eagerly seek all these things. It's what they live for. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but here's what you do. You seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be provided to you. So here it comes again, verse 34. So do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Can I have an amen there? Amen. So let's just go to God. Lord, deliver us from worry today. I worry sometimes. I'll catch myself doing it, Lord, and I need help. We all need help. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, help us to not live in worry, but to live in the peace of God. Can you breathe a prayer to the Lord, everybody, and say, deliver me from worry. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell your neighbor, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Isn't 
our Lord Jesus Christ amazing? The way he dealt with all the things that matter to people, all the battles that we face, the Lord Jesus tackled most of them in just the masterful Sermon on the Mount. But here he spent a whole lot of time talking about worry. Now, why am I talking about this today? Well, in a world of pandemics and a nation adrift from God, we are a nation adrift from God. You know that. Added to a government that appears to be to have lost all sense and even sanity, many of God's people are being attacked by worry. It's understandable. We're worried about getting COVID. We're worried about loved ones getting COVID. We're worried about losing our job uh, based on we don't want the vaccination. Some people are facing that. We worry about our taxes being raised to an ever-increasing insane national debt where there's no way out but for taxes to rise. We're worried about losing our freedoms due to America's lurch towards socialism. You do know America has lurched towards socialism. Or a million other causes of worry. And so worry attacks us. This is why Jesus uh, dedicated a very large portion of Sermon on the Mount to worry. Read chapter 6 of Matthew Uh, The majority of it is about worry. There's only three chapters in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, More than half of six is dedicated to worry. Now, Jesus talked about it because he knew full well the danger of it and how easily you and I succumb to worry. I come from a family of worriers. I'm, I'm confessing it to you. I'm getting transparent. My dad was a professional worrier. He was a very bright man, but he worried. He worried because he was raised in the Depression um, by his mother because his father passed away when he was eight, and they lived literally on potatoes every day for a couple of years, and, and he learned to worry about things. The whole Wickwire family, clan, are so good at worry, if you don't want to worry about it, I'll give you their number. And they'll worry for you. So I had to learn to unworry. I had to unworry my worry-inclined mind. I had to renew my mind to teach myself not to worry. Because worry is a learned response to the stresses of life. You weren't born a worrier. Um, It's a learned response. You watch other people worry and how they wring their hands and worry about this, that, and the other. And you learn that, well, this is how you deal with the stresses of life. But it's not. Jesus said, I want you to worry. He said four times, don't worry. Do not worry. Do not worry about it. He talked about it in other places, not just Sermon on the Mount. In his parable of the sower, there were four people involved in the parable of the sower. Only one of them bore good fruit. The other three failed And the third one presented to us in the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, who fails, failed because he lost out over worry. It says, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out, listen to this everybody, by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. 
So no fruit, listen to this, no fruit is produced. Why? Because the worries of this life crowded out the growth of the kingdom of God in this man. He lost out because worry robbed him. Worry's a thief. Worry is backward faith. Faith says something good is going to happen. Worry says something bad is going to happen. Faith says God is going to break through for you. Worry says God will probably not break through for you. Faith says it's going to be okay. Worry tells you. Worry has a voice. Worry talks. And worry says it's not going to be okay with you. Uh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. You're going to go to the doctor, get a bad report. You're going to, your kids are going to do something or the other, or your marriage is going to fall apart or whatever. Worry works on us like an invisible cancer on the inside. Worry is a thief. It comes from hell. It doesn't come from heaven. If you're worried about it, it's hell's faith. It's backward faith. It is, it is the antithesis of Bible faith. Are you with me, everybody? Because worry believes that something bad is going to happen to you. It's a type of faith. Jesus chided Martha, the sister of Mary and the sister of Lazarus, for worrying. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, if he says your name twice, you're in trouble. Martha, Martha, you are, listen to Jesus, you are worried and troubled about many things. The Lord of life, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, God in flesh, looked at Martha and said, you've got a worry problem. I wonder if Jesus looks at any of us and says the same thing. You've got a worry problem. You're worrying too much. You're worrying way too much. You need to relax. Paul the apostle, by the Spirit of God, commanded all Christians, listen to what Paul said, don't worry about anything. Anything. Don't worry about it. Instead, here's what you do, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Now that's a formula for worry I'm going to talk about at the end of this message. But that is the best advice to avoid worry I know of. Don't worry about anything. That's in the command form. That's, that's in the imperative in the Greek language. That means don't, you don't need to pray about this. You don't need to wonder if this is for you. He's telling all Christians, don't worry about anything. Everybody say with me, easier said than done, Paul. Right? The very word worry means to choke or to go to pieces because of, of being pulled apart. Uh, constantly distracted and preoccupied with various concerns and issues. It, it, worry causes our minds to fragment to be distracted in several different directions. Worried about money, worried about the kids, worried about health, worried about the country, worried about this, that, and the other. We worry. And it distracts us. It pulls our mind in different directions and it, and, and it fragments us. It, literally, the word is to, to pull apart. Or picture somebody choking you on the inside. It chokes our spiritual life chokes it, strangles it, where we bear more or no fruit. We, we can't bear kingdom fruit. Remember that man, the, the worries of this life produce no fruit. The worries of this life robbed him 
from producing love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith, Christ-likeness. He didn't produce Christ-likeness because he was always pulled apart by worry. Devil wants you worried. Devil wants you worried night and day. You ever been driving down the highway? You had a great time with God that morning. You're driving down the highway and a thought comes out of nowhere and you start working a worry. You start working a worry. Uh, Something somebody said or something that happened or something you're afraid might happen. And you had so much peace until all of a sudden this thought shot through your head. And instead of working your faith, you start working a worry. And that worry, it, it grows. Have you ever noticed you get your, your eyebrows get furrowed and you're driving kind of tight and you start thinking of all the things that might happen, could happen. What if they do happen? Oh no, what will I do if it does take place? And we worry. And before you know it, you've lost your peace, you've lost your walk, you've lost your joy. And the devil has robbed you right then and there because that's, guess what? The thought didn't come from nowhere. The battlefield of the spiritual dimension is the mind. And the devil will shoot a fiery arrow. Paul described it in Ephesians 6 as fiery arrows. We are to quench all the fiery arrows shot at us from hell. So, so you can suddenly get a lustful thought and you go, where'd that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. It came either from your flesh or from the devil. And it was fired into your brain. It, it's on fire. Why did Paul call it a fiery arrow, because when the devil shoots an arrow into your brain, into your thought life, he wants it to catch the rest of you on fire. He wants it to spread. He wants it to engulf you. And so you get a lustful thought. Or, or, or you suddenly remember what somebody did to you 20 years ago, and now you're dealing with unforgiveness and anger and a little bit of resentment, and there you go, driving down the highway. Everything was so good till that thought came from not nowhere, but somewhere, But when worry is shot into your head, into your thought life, it's on fire because the devil wants you to work that worry and work that worry and work that worry until it becomes a root down inside of you. And now you're really worried and you go home and your spouse says, well, how'd the day go? Well, it was great until I started worrying about this and that and the other. And you start talking together and now you were worried alone, but now you got them worried. And have you ever been worried that you were worried? Have you ever been worried that you're worrying too? You can even worry about being a worrier. Yeah, you can even worry about being a worrier. Man, I'm worrying too much. Why am I worrying too much? Uh, Maybe something's wrong with me that I'm worrying so much. Okay? But now the two of you, there was peace in your home until you brought your worry home, and now the two of you are working a worry. Sometimes you got to stop and say, you know what? We're working a worry. It's time to quit working this worry and start working the word of God. Start working the word of God. Go into the word of God and start working it. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Sometimes you've got to just tell the devil where to get off the train of your thoughts. It's time for you to get out of this train. Kick him out of the train. And so... Choke, pulled apart, distracted, preoccupied. That's how the devil wants us to live as believers. This is why Jesus launched into a beautiful message on how and why not to worry 
why not to worry and how to not worry. First thing he points out is the futility of worry. It's futile. Everybody say futile. Listen to what he said. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his height? A cubit was 18 inches. That's what a cubit is. So let me give you a little picture. Let's, let's say somebody is 5'6". Here's a guy who is 5'6". But he wants to be seven feet tall because he wants to play basketball and get up there with the top basketball players and win. So he wants to be seven feet tall, but God didn't do that for him. He's 5'6". If you added one cubit to him, he'd be seven feet. But he's 5'6". And let's say one day you see him sulking in a corner and, and you say, what's the matter? And he says, I want to play basketball, but I'm only 5'6". And I'm worried I'll never grow taller I'm worried I'll never grow taller, but I believe if I worry about it enough, I'm going to grow. You would say, dude, worrying about it isn't going to make you grow one inch, much less one and a half feet. But what if he replied, that's where you're wrong. Worry's going to get it done for me. You'd walk away from that guy going, he needs help. Why? Because worrying isn't going to add one inch, not much less 18 inches to his height. Jesus is using an absurdity to make a point. In Jesus' mind, all worry is a waste of time. All worry is a waste of time, and all worry is futile. It's futile to worry. It doesn't ever solve anything. Nothing. And now some of you have already thought, well, if I don't worry about it, who's going to worry about it for me? Why would you want somebody else worrying? You're already messed up from worrying. (laughs) Worry won't move a mountain. Worry won't bring an answered prayer. Worry won't solve a problem. It won't heal your body. It won't calm your mind. It won't lead to spiritual growth. Worry is like the hamster on the hamster's wheel. He's running, but he's getting nowhere. He's given all of his energy, and here goes the wheel. But he's not gaining one inch of distance. He's not getting anywhere, and that's worry. You won't get anywhere worrying. But here's where, what it will do for you. Worry will give you loss of sleep, headaches, difficulty concentrating. Are you listening to me when I talk to you? Uh-huh, what? What were you thinking about? Oh, I was just worried. You can't concentrate. Nausea. I'm reading the medical things worry does to you. Muscle tension. Exhaustion. You can literally exhaust yourself mentally and physically by running on the hamster's wheel of worry. It will wear you out. Why are you so tired? Man, I worried all day. Irritability. You ever been around a real worrier? And you say next to nothing, and they cut your head off. They're irritable. Why are they so irritable? Because they're, they're constantly being torn apart by worry. Elevated levels of the stress hormone, cortisol, and difficulty making decisions. You can't make good decisions when you're all tied up and torn apart and distracted and choked by worry. So Jesus said, don't do it. And then he gives two main causes of worry. Here's the two fundamental main causes of worry. First, provision issues. The worry of not having enough. I'm not going to have enough. 
I am so afraid I'm not going to have enough. I'm worried sick that, I, that I'm just not going to have enough. Even though you have a heavenly father, you're worried sick that you're not going to have enough. Second, Jesus said the future, what tomorrow may bring. So the two fundamental causes of worry are I'm so worried I'm not going to have enough and I'm so worried of what's going to happen tomorrow, what the future is going to bring. I'm afraid of the future. I'm worried about my future. So let's talk about these two causes of worry. First, worry over not having enough. Everybody say provision issues because that's what it is. Now, when we talk about the providence of God, what do we mean when we say he's a providential God? He's the God of providence. What does that mean? Look at the first seven letters in that word, provide, provide, provide us. So when you talk about the providence of God, you're talking about the God who provides. Jehovah Jireh, Jireh, the God who provides. He provides for his own. He's providential. He's, he's providential over his whole creation. He provides for his whole creation, not just you. So here's what Jesus said. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, nor about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Now, when he said eat, drink, and wear, those, those are symbolic of all provision issues. We worry about, am I going to have a job? Am I going to make enough money? Can I pay the bills? Am I going to have what I need? And what about when I get old? Am I going to be okay when I get old? Who's going to take care of me when I get old? Where am I going to get the food and the shelter when I get old and can't work anymore? I'm worried about provision issues. Jesus said, don't do it. Provision issues can also include money, shelter, health care, transportation, and so on. Now listen to what Jesus said. He said, you know why you shouldn't worry about it? Because your heavenly father knows you need all these things. He knows. He knows. Your heavenly father knows. He's fully aware, fully cognizant of every need you and I have. He knows all about it. Nothing shocks him. When you tell him I need money, you're not informing him of something he does not know. You're simply bringing your need to him. And so Jesus, ever the teacher, as they're walking down, I just picture them walking down some path, some dirt road there somewhere in the middle, in Jerusalem or whatever, on the outskirts of a city, and they're walking along, they're out in the country, and Jesus, Jesus says, okay, guys, let me tell you why you shouldn't worry. Birds don't worry, and flowers don't worry. He said, listen to this. He said, look at the birds of the sky. Now, they're walking along, and they look up, and they look at the birds of the sky. And Jesus says, let me tell you something about them. They don't sow. That means they don't have seed that they sow into the ground, And they don't reap. They don't reap a harvest because they don't have any seed to sow. They don't sow seed like farmers. They don't sow seed against their future needs. That's not what birds do. They eat what they've got for that day and that's it. And and Jesus said, and they don't have barns to store anything in. Now, farmers in Jesus' day... They would sow the seed, they would reap a harvest, they would take what they needed for their own household, and then they put the rest in a barn. It was like their savings account. And 
They're in the savings gap. They knew we've got enough in the barn to last us through this bitter winter that's coming. And so the barn is full. If the barn was full, they were good. It's like, okay, I know I got enough money to make it, enough seed to make it, enough harvest to make it through really tough times. Jesus said, birds don't have that. They don't have any of that. Along with every other creature that God made, they live each and every day in dependence on the provision of God. And Jesus said, I want you disciples of mine to learn something from them because I want you to know that though they don't have a seed to sow, though they don't have a harvest to reap, though they don't have anything in a barn for the cold winter that is coming, they don't worry about it. Why don't they worry about it? Because they've got a heavenly father that provides for them. I watch the birds every morning. I go out on my patio every morning with my uh, Bible and my coffee. And did I say my coffee? and my Bible, and, and I go out there, and, and I can see beyond my fence birds everywhere, and I, and I notice, and, and even it's some geese, and I've noticed that they're walking along the ground every morning pecking at something that I can't see, but they're eating it, and what they're finding is seed that God, the providential God, the provider of all things, made sure was there so that they would have something to eat that day. God makes sure of it. I can't see it, but they're always pecking at the ground and coming back up and, and they're eating and, and they seem fat and happy to me because within a couple of hours, they're over resting, sleeping, taking life, bag and raise, right? So Jesus said, disciples of mine, followers of mine, I want you to look at the birds and I want you to learn. They don't worry. They don't get together in a little flock and say, what are we going to do? If there's no seed tomorrow, I have two dogs at home, Katie and Harley. All you Harley riders say amen. Katie and Harley. And I feed them twice a day. We make sure they're fed twice a day. And, and what if they got together and had a dog conversation? Well, he, did, he fed us today. He did. But man, I'm worried about tomorrow. I'm so concerned that he's not going to come through tomorrow. He seems like a nice guy, and he pets me and, 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 and throws the ball for me to catch it, but, but I'm just not so sure about him because, because just because he did it today doesn't mean he's going to do it tomorrow. Oh, what will we do if there's no food in the dog bowl tomorrow? Uh, God forbid we could actually starve and die. And, 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 and what if they huddled into a corner and looked at me askance like, we're not so sure about you. How would that make me feel as an owner? You don't trust me to even feed you? I'm a terrible owner. And yet, God takes care of us one day, and we're all worried about the next day. What if he doesn't come through tomorrow? I know he came through today, but I'm not so sure about him. And, and what if he doesn't make it? And, and what if I'm left alone? And what if I can't pay the bills? And what if this and that and the other? And we start worrying. Jesus said, don't worry. The birds don't worry. The flowers don't worry. Don't you worry. David wrote, in the Psalms about the providence of God, he said he gives food to every living thing, everything he gives food to. His faithful love endures forever. God gives food to every living thing. Psalms 147 verse 9, he provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. 
He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens which cry. So listen to this. He feeds the cattle. He feeds the birds. He feeds the beasts. He takes care of them. And Jesus is saying, if God provides for the birds of the sky and the rest of his creation, he will certainly take care of you. And then he says, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? I love what God promised through the prophet Isaiah. He said, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. I have tattooed you on the palms of my hands. So everybody say with me, don't worry about provision. Just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Put the kingdom of God first. Take care of you and God first, and God will take care. Jesus said, and all these things that lost people wake up and are worried about each and every day of every year of their life will be added to you as the side benefit of taking care of God. One thing I will say, those birds have to hustle in the morning. They don't sit in their nest and go, Well, seed's going to drop on me from heaven. No, no. They they believe that God provided, but they got to go get it. Amen? They got to go get it. So so I'm just telling you, you got to cooperate with God's provision. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek after you have asked and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. So after you ask, you got to put feet to your faith and get out there and, and knock until the provision God has already given to you is found by you. Now, then he said, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about tomorrow. So do not worry about tomorrow. The Bible warns against two wrong future perspectives. Let me give them to you quickly. First, don't arrogantly presume that certain things are going to be so tomorrow. Listen to what Proverbs say, Proverbs 27.1. Don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. You do not know. James put it this way. Look here, you people who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such a town, stay there a year, open up a profitable business going to make some money? How do you know what is going to happen tomorrow? For the length of your lives is as uncertain as the morning fog. Now you see it, now you don't. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're going to be bragging about your own plans, and such presumptuous self-confidence never pleases God. I knew a guy, he was older than me in, in the faith and chronologically. And I mean, it used to bug me because with everything, he'd say, well, if the Lord wills, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, I'll see you tomorrow if the Lord will, Lord willing. And it began to get to me. It was like, what's with the Lord willing with everything? Come on, quit with the Lord willing. Why do you say it with everything? Uh, uh, yeah, we'll see you tonight when you and your wife come over for dinner. Yeah, we'll see you then, Lord willing. Well, I'm going to go on a missions trip. I'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks, Lord willing. And I used to think, man, he's going overboard with this. Uh, what is, he must have picked this up somewhere, and, and I'm not going to pick it up from him. But then I realized he understood something that I would understand later in my own Christian walk. It literally is true. 
we'll do this or that, Lord willing. Are y'all aware of this? You with me? Lord willing. It, it, Lord willing, I'm going to have tomorrow. You know why you got up today? Lord was willing. You know why you're sitting here listening to me right now? The Lord was willing. You know why you're going to make it home today? If you do make it home today, the Lord was willing. And the Lord is in control of our life. And so it's a truism. It's not just a weird uh, religious thing we say, but it's a truism. James said, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. So he's not telling us not to plan ahead, but we're also not to live our lives making presumptuous plans apart from God. So uh, when I'm going to make a plan in my life, I pray about it and say, Lord, what, what about this? Do I do this, do that, go here, go there? Do I preach this, preach that? What, what are you telling me to say? And, and, and when I feel like I'm, okay, I, I've got God's mind on this, then I move on it. But planning presumptuously and proudly and arrogantly is not God's will. Now, the, the second wrong perspective regarding the future is to worry about it. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. In other words, tomorrow isn't here yet. Why worry about it. Say with me, tomorrow's not here yet. He said, you don't know what tomorrow brings. You do not know. Well, you think you know, but you don't know. Even the weather people, they get it wrong all the time. I mean, I wonder, they're the only people that can be constantly wrong and keep their job. Because I, I you know, I, I will look up the weather forecast, thunderstorms, you know, and lightning and rain and, you know, several inches of rain, and you're out there thinking, well, I canceled all my outside plans, and you're looking up, and a few clouds come and go. And you go, they don't know what tomorrow brings. They don't even know what today brings. Right? And, and neither do you. So tomorrow isn't here yet. Why would you worry about it? You don't know what tomorrow brings. You and I have no idea what God may do between today and tomorrow that changes everything in our favor. He can change your life on a dime. You can go to bed thinking, well, tomorrow is going to be rough, and God can change it on a dime. You don't know what tomorrow brings. Every day is a surprise. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made, not your plans. Amen. Worrying about tomorrow causes you to carry two days at once. And God only meant for us to carry one. You're moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Amen. Corey Ten Boom said, worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. So Jesus says, take life one day at a time. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow isn't here yet. All we have is today, right now, this moment. Now I want to close with the greatest verse I know of for deliverance from worry. Can we stand together? And let me just read it to you. Listen to this powerful verse. Here's your way out of worry. I guarantee you this is Dr. Jesus' prescription for getting out of worry. This is it right here. How many of you are tired of worrying? Come on, let me show you how to get out of worry. This is it right here. It will work every time if you do it. Here he says, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Well, how do I not worry about anything? Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Say, I'm so worried about it, but have you prayed about it? Well, I've, I've worried about it, but have you prayed about it? 
Man, I've really worked the worry, but have you worked the promise? Pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Lord, I need a job. I need my kids to find Jesus. I need a touch on my marriage. I need to pay these bills. I need healing in my life. I need your peace. I'm in the middle of a storm. Pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And then when you're done, thank him that he heard you. Thank him. Now, here's the promise. If you do this, you will. Everybody say, I will. You will. It's a promise. It's guaranteed. If you do this, it's a conditional promise. If you do this, you will experience God's peace. God's peace. He says, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand or comprehend or conceptualize. It is peace in the middle of a storm. Why do you have peace? It doesn't make sense that you have peace, but you have peace. Where did you get it? Well, I didn't smoke something. I didn't snort something. I didn't shoot something. I didn't drink something. Here's how I got it. I prayed about everything. I prayed about it. So say with me, oh, and he says his peace will keep your thoughts, the opposite of worry, keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Jesus Christ. Say with me, worry solves nothing. Don't worry about provision. Don't worry about tomorrow. Pray about everything. Can we thank the Lord today? Thank you, Lord. last week I was worried about something and I caught myself. What are you doing worrying, Jeff? You're the preacher. And I prayed about it. And it's amazing. Just 60 seconds in prayer and I felt peace. So, thank God that we've got a prayer answering God. Amen. Can we go to the Lord? Lift your hands to Him. Say thank you, Jesus, for the peace of God. And that I don't have to worry Worry is a choice. And walking in peace is also a choice. Help me to take advantage of the prescription given by the Bible. Now say with me, I say, Lord, I give you every worry, every concern, every worry that I'm working Help me to put it down and work the promise instead. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask my prayers to come down. Would you, prayers, please make your way down? You know, how, how many of you say, I honestly needed this today? I really needed this. Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself, how do they make it out there without God? How do they make it without Christ? What a terrible culture to be in right now and not know God. Terrible. I can't, it's just terrible. All the confusion, the 
craziness, insanity, uncertainty, worry, ripping everybody's minds apart. No, I want to walk in peace. Amen. And I want to bring a word of sanity to this country. And we're doing it every day on radio. We're, we're bringing it and we're about to upgrade all of that. But if you need prayer today, um, you're worried about something and it may be big. Listen, I'm not saying, look, I'm not discounting your problems. I'm just saying there's a place to take them. And so if you need prayer, I want you to take advantage of our prayers down here and say, agree with me today. I, I need prayer. And here's what I need it for. And my prayer is that you walk out of here with peace and joy and that you do bear the fruits of the Spirit because worry is not choking your life. Amen. Amen.